You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast made by the good kind of Star Wars fans for the good kind of Star Wars fans. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers, and there will be swearing, because our hosts just get so gosh darn excited about these good, good shows. Welcome to Forest Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm Ryan. On Forest Friends Rewatch, we rewatch the Star Wars forces, the force, forces of destiny. We watch Star Wars television shows. <laughs> we are friends. We talk about the force, and we're yes. friends. And yes. today we are covering Star Wars Rebels, uh, season one, episode, I don't know, like seven? We hear the Jedi. Numbers. Yes. Yeah. Numbers numbers are not my strong suit. Episode 10, Jesus, we've been doing this oh for so gosh. long. Wow. Okay. We're finally on episode 10, uh, Path of the Jedi. But before yes. we dig into that, Ryan has a bit for us. Oh, heck yeah, I do. Did you not uh, my think girlfriend, of No, I have one. Uh, my oh, girlfriend yeah. said that I was crazy for it. I just came up with one. Um, so it's, a, it's kind of a two-parter, uh, uh-huh. but... If you lived in the Star Wars universe, like, let's look at the odds, let's look at the insurance claims, you're going to lose a hand. Sure, Uh, at some point. Who who would you like to remove that hand in combat, whether because you think they'd be nice about it or because you think it would be a heck of a good story? And then the second part is, what droid's appendage would you replace it with? Oh, wow, this is complicated. Okay. I'm so sorry. So... Just in like pure numbers, I feel like Obi Wan is the most likely candidate to remove it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cuts off like six people's hands. That's true. Maybe not he really six does. People. He cuts off like six hands. He cuts off He's two like Ackley hands. Sam <laughs> Wassells, uh, Ponda Baba. Yeah. Uh, like three of Grievouses. Like the dude oh, is wow, just yeah. removing hands anytime he can. So I feel like it's most likely to be Obi Wan. I don't really want it to be Obi Wan. I don't know Who if there's want a it to better be? option. I don't know. Hmm. That's tough. Maybe like Kit Fisto. I feel like he might like <laughs> feel really bad about it afterwards, and like he would. He would smile know. while he did it, though. Yeah, he's got that damn smile. He's so cute. He's a hottie. <laughs> uh, Kit Fisto could get it. So yeah, I'm gonna say Kit Fisto. How about you? Uh, I think I would want it to be BB9E. Like, I've got a thing for, like, cute sociopaths, and that would be a story. And I am a collector and teller of stories, and I just, yeah. I think I want BB9E to cut my hand off with his little lighter thing. Numb me first, that would, but... That would take so long. I know. Maybe he has, like, a buzzsaw or something. I don't know. He's an astromech droid. He's got whatever tools the plot requires, and the plot of this stupid, bizarre, dark bit requires him to have something to cut an arm off. You know, BB-8 just got added to Battlefront. You can play I as him heard. now and I kill haven't played people. it yet. I, I'm all about it. He's a little bastard. He always is. I would have it no yeah. other way. Okay, so what so droid appendage droid would you replace dick. the hand with? Yeah. This is like um, fucking uh, Daniel Jose Older's last shot, which is like <laughs> really gross. 
It kind of um, is. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Wow. Yeah, I'm that guy, that Pfizer Gore guy. Mr. Bones. Mm. That's fair. Now, the then so the third part of that then, because this is just the whole episode, I guess, is would you allow Bones to incorporate your bones of your lost hand in exchange? Yeah, I would trade my separate hands okay, Bones. Great. Sure. I, who wouldn't? For those who don't know, in the Aftermath series, Mr. Bones is an absolutely deranged battle droid that a young Snap Wexley has, like, painted up like any edgy teenager would in black and red and decked him out with animal bones because Snap went through some stuff. It's like a, um, one of the silly, dumb B1 battle hmm? droids, but, like, if he hung out with War Boys from uh, Mad Max Fury Road, like Mr. Bones is great. <laughs> and uh, what what droid appendage are you taking? Um, what droid appendage would I? I would have to go with a droidica, um, because that would be cool. Like a cannon for a hand. Come on, Ryan, you're a vegan and a pacifist. What are you gonna do with a cannon hand? Get back at BB Hate for taking my hand <laughs> off. <laughs> All right. And then just have it. Like, it would be cool. I wouldn't be able to go to any cons because I would never pass weapons check. But, like, I would have a cannon for a hand. Like, you're walking down the street and people would be like, what the hell is that? You would make so many friends. I, I guess so. This <laughs> is definitely the weirdest intro we've had yet. Yeah, it um, is. I'm in a weird place. That's We're, that's we're off the rails. We are so far it. off the rails. But this is Star Wars. The trains hover. It's all good. We don't need rails. This is true. All right. Let's get into this week's episode. So, Path of the Jedi. It's a good one. It's a real it good one. It's a very good one. Yeah. We haven't really had any bad ones yet. We've had some okay ones. But this is a great episode. This might be my favorite episode in season one. It's up there for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, in this episode, uh, Kanan and Ezra are like, let's, let's get this boy a lightsaber. We're not going to tell him about his parents, but we're going we're <laughs> to give him a laser sword. Uh, so, they do this, like, I guess, ritual to, like, figure out where Ezra needs to go to get a kyber crystal. And it turns out there's a secret temple on Lothal. Uh, Kane is kind of like, oh yeah, I figured it's here. Uh, <laughs> so they go there, and um, they like split up once they're inside. They have to like yeah. raise the temple up together, and then they have to split up. Uh, Kanan is just doing like this meditation thing with some dead people, and Ezra is like lost, and um, they both kind of do like Jedi shrooms. In that they're both like hallucinating <laughs> wildly. This is essentially uh, Ezra's uh, Dagobah cave experience, and uh, instead of his fear being, you know, like Luke's, which was like who's my dad, and Ray's, which was like who's my parents. Uh, Ezra's is like I just don't want to be left alone anymore, and a lot of his like visions have to deal with this fear of abandonment of being alone and then he meets like a uh, weird lights like uh that that clone wars episode with yoda and yoda talks to him and he visits the world between worlds maybe and gets a kyber crystal 
Yeah, I never really thought of it as the world between worlds at the time, but it, it really looks like it's oh, well, some sort we had, of... We had no idea what the world between worlds was at the time. Well, but yeah, like, but I guess I, never even, I guess I never even thought of it as like a literal sequence at the time, is what I mean to say. Like, I never... Yeah. You're, I think you're right, that there is some connection, especially it being Lothal and whatnot in the temple. And Yeah, wow. Well, like, a lot of the, the art... Like a lot of the imagery is very similar. Yeah. Like, like they steal the like weird guiding lights thing that was in the Clone Wars episode with Yoda going to Dagobah. They just lift that like it's the same lights. Yeah, and I then, like that. Um, like where Ezra is standing when he receives his crystal looks exactly oh, yeah. like the world between worlds. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and then the episode ends with Ezra like showing his family his lightsaber, and it's great. It's such a cute scene. It's so, it is. so good. I also love his lightsaber. It's, it's a yeah, great lightsaber. it's a unique one. I've got a replica of that. Not even functional. Don't want to think about how much money I spent on it right after the episode came out. But it it's... I like that lightsaber. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, So let's talk about stuff we liked. Uh, we like Ezra's lightsaber. We were just saying Heck that. yeah. What else, and the sound uh, of it, the sound of the lightsaber is really unique. Um, I actually got to talk to Matt Wood about that one time at Celebration, and it's very, it's the sound of a lightsaber, but it's distilled down and simplified, and it's very slapped together, and there's a lot of processing, and it's, it's a more raw and unpolished lightsaber sound than we've ever heard before, which really fits. Absolutely. I really like how much this episode sets up. So mm-hmm. um, I'm of the theory that it sets up uh, the world between worlds. I am also oh, yeah. of the theory that this is the first in canon use we ever got of force projection. Yeah. When people saw episode right. eight and were bitching about force projection, I was like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, Yoda did that Yoda all did the way it. back in season one of Rebels. Uh, so I love that it it set up this force power, which we were going to see a lot more of in the future. I like that Yoda stays on Dagobah. Probably, like, my biggest fear for the Kenobi series is that Obi-Wan is going to leave Tatooine, and I really don't think he should. Yeah, I think that he would needs be... to stay there. Yes, definitely. I saw an interesting interview with, uh, it was the guy who wrote Kenobi, I'm blanking on his name, John Jackson Miller. Yeah, it was with John Jackson Miller and um, Timothy Zahn. And Zahn was, like, making fun of him for keeping Obi-Wan on Tatooine. And he was really? like, if I, if, yeah, he was like, if I had written Kenobi, I wouldn't have done that. That's boring. I would have had Obi-Wan out there doing things and, like, having adventures. And I was like, Zahn, this is why no one lets you write anything but Thrawn. <laughs> like, well, yeah, he's mentioned that his his concept for a Kenobi series would be that as soon as, and I get the temptation and I see why he thinks this would work, but it wouldn't. As soon as Obi-Wan drops the baby off, he goes to the other side of the galaxy and makes as much noise as possible. So the Empire will not focus any attention they may have had on Tatooine on Tatooine. But I think the Empire is too big for that to make any story sense. Like if Obi-Wan goes out there and makes a bunch of noise, that doesn't mean anything for Tatooine. The Empire's like, only just showed up on Tatooine at the start of A New Hope. Like, I don't think they really have a presence there. No, they're Um, barely aware of it. And, like, I think 
Obi-Wan is paying penance. Like, it's yes. not his fight anymore. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I really hate that idea. I, I, I'm scared that they're going to do it. Maybe they can do it well. I said that about Palpatine in episode nine, though. I was like, I trust them. They can do it well. And they, yeah. they, 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 they really didn't. So I, now I'm like, oh, uh, I want, I want it to be a quiet story, though. I want it to be very focused on who Obi-Wan is as a person. I want him to stay on Tatooine. I'm happy that we got Yoda in Rebels, but that he stayed put. Yes, that's important. I I hope that any future story kind of takes notes from Rebels as far as how to tell stories about these very heavy legacy characters without overshadowing anything that happens in the saga. Yeah, I love whenever we get stories about like going to get your kyber crystal. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I love those Clone Wars episodes. I loved the the Ilum level in uh, Fallen Order. Oh uh, man, that was too much. We can't talk about that too. I think that's still spoilery, but oh man, that was a lot. I love that. I cried. <laughs> and I I I really like uh, this particular episode in season one. I think it's a great episode. This is the deepest dive we get into that Kyber trial for one specific character. I think even even deeper than. Cal in Fallen Order. Like, this really shows the challenges that the Force throws at Ezra. We we hear a lot about, like, Trials of the Jedi, and what are they, and who's past them. We really never see them. Like, yeah. we, we don't know what the formal Jedi Order considered a trial, and so um, this is really Ezra's first step in becoming a Jedi, I feel like. Like, the name of the episode is Path of the Jedi. Um, and this is his first steps on that path. And so it is interesting that it starts with, like, a really difficult trial. I think that's cool. When you said steps, that reminded me. And the StarWars.com episode guide even kind of touches on this. There really wasn't a lot before this about Jedi temples elsewhere in the galaxy. We see Ilum, and we see Deveron in Clone Wars very briefly. But I kind of thought that the Jedi Temple on Coruscant was like the only real temple that the Jedi had. And this is the first time that we really get this idea that there were temples throughout the galaxy. And that steps, you know, the Force Awakens, like that becomes huge. Yeah, I loved that in Legends that like the Jedi used to be really spread out and have all these temples. And then once they got really involved with politics, they kind of all abandoned them and moved to Coruscant and now there's just these like abandoned temples places uh and it was really cool to see that brought into canon for this episode yeah because I guess Knights of the Old Republic had Dantooine and everything and I, I really like that what else uh I, Frank Oz I mean hell yeah oh man yeah Tom, that was Tom Kane does a great job and his Yoda is uh I would go so far as to say iconic um, oh, very. But but Frank Oz is Frank Oz, and I mean, yeah, always good to see he, him reprise the role. This was the first time that he came back, right? Because he um, yeah. he did he did this, and then he did the last. Je- well, he didn't do anything new for Force Awakens, right? I don't think so. But he did Last Jedi. That was that was my favorite scene in the movie, I think. And then he did uh, Rise, and then there is a there is a hidden extended bit of Frank Oz Yoda dialogue at Galaxy's Edge 
but I don't want to oh, say cool. anymore. Yeah, it's very good. But he's like, he's back as Yoda, man. He's kind of gotten disillusioned with the Muppets. And I wonder if that figures into him being willing to do this. Hello, Frank Oz. I do too. Guy is great. I met him at uh, the Last Jedi premiere. He walked right up to my girlfriend and I. We were in resistance officer uniforms. And he like walks right up. Well, he, he was on crutches at the time for whatever reason. But he crutches right up to us. And he like looks me in the eye and doesn't say anything for a few seconds. And I'm like, what the hell's about to happen? And he's like, you guys and your friends look lovely. Do you guys have a sweatshop in your basement or who are you exploiting to make these costumes look this great? <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, I was like, thank you. Like, wow, Frank Oz just accused me of labor violations. All right. What a guy. I met Tom Kane and he was lovely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that's I, awesome. I met the other Yoda. Right on. So together we are we have we have united the Yodas. I love I it. think I mostly talked to him about his Magneto, though. Because he, oh, he voiced Magneto right. in Wolverine and the X-Men. Phenomenal job. Does a great Magneto. For whatever reason, I think we talked more about Magneto than we did Star Wars. <sighs> There's a series of uh, YouTube videos where it was it was a Q&A after a screening of the Netflix Clone Wars season Yoda episodes. And he just had a lot of cool stuff to say about Yoda and the Force. Like, he really gets that character. Yeah, I I think, like... One of my only Clone Wars complaints is that we get a lot of really fun, like, brother moments between Obi-Wan and Anakin, but we don't get a lot of deep Obi-Wan moments. Like, those Yoda episodes are so deep into who Yoda is, what makes him tick, why does he make the mistakes that he makes? Because I think the prequels are defined by the Jedi and specifically Yoda making mistakes. Definitely. And um, I would have really loved to have gotten some Obi-Wan episodes, uh, like, looking at that. Like, we see him deal with loss after loss after loss in the Clone Wars, but we never, it never examines who he is because of those losses and stuff. I'm curious to see how he figures into the Siege of Mandalore. I'm hoping we get something. I'm hoping, like... He is in those episodes. The last we saw of him... In Clone Wars is what? Satine's death, right? Um, In season six, we see him with the Clovis episodes, but they were supposed to be before that, which changes the context of him talking about Satine's death in those episodes. Or talking and about I, Satine, but, not about her yeah. death. And, it, and it's so brief, though, right? Like, it's it, like he's barely in the Clovis episodes. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Uh, Quick, quick aside on this topic, uh, I have been blessed with an advanced review copy of Queen's Peril, the uh, Padme sort of expanded Phantom Menace novel coming out this summer. And there is a moment that I know already Andy is going to text me as soon as they read it and be like, wow, that's what you were thinking of when we were talking about Obi-Wan and Satine. And it. It's that I give give what I'm trying to say is give E.K. Johnston the deep dive Obi-Wan novel that Andy needs. I want it. She gets that character. I think I think Jack gets him, too. I think James Arnold Taylor oh, does an incredible job with it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I just wish he got a little bit more uh, meat. Um, yeah, he. In he Clone Wars. Vegan, so, yeah. <laughs> We could do a whole podcast on whether the Jedi would be vegan or whether Obi-Wan even wants a little bit more meat. 
We are all over the place today. Yeah. We're talking about Star Wars Rebels. And by Star Wars Rebels, I mean Clone Wars comes back yes. the day this episode airs. So, of course, yeah. that's all we're talking about. I mean, speaking of, like, deep character pieces, this this really is where we start to get into Kanan. Like, we've we've talked about his failings and whatever and his personal misgivings, but this his conversation with Yoda is the first time that we really see him fully open up, I think, as to how he just, he's been thrust into this. Yeah, and he, I can see why he would feel like he's disqualified to be a mentor because of his personal struggles. Like, when yeah. we see him in, um, whatever the, the fucking Sparker Rebellion? No, that's the first episode. The book, the novel. A New Dawn. A New Dawn. Um, when we see him in A New Dawn, I mean, he is a mess. Like, of course this guy, like, doesn't feel like he can be a Jedi master, uh, like who, who yeah. has the sort of confidence after the, the struggles he's been through and like his own personal journey. Well, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's basically an alcoholic in that book, isn't he? And he's yeah, just, yeah, a he wreck. is a mess. Man. Uh, and it is, it is tough to be a mentor, like to have a young person like looking up to you and, you know, to some degree he has, Sabine already, but Sabine is way more independent. It is not the same sort of relationship that Ezra is looking for from Kanan. Yeah, and, and she's um, not... Like, as a Jedi, he's expected to mentor this kid one-on-one, primarily. Yeah. From, like, middle school age to college age. And you don't... I mean, with Sabine, like, he's, like, her dad, but he's not her one and only mentor in all things. Yeah, and he's not really mentoring her spiritually. Like, no. it is definitely a different relationship once you add in an element of spirituality. Not and, yet. And so, it's true. Uh, and so, him, uh, like, having these misgivings and talking through them with Yoda, uh, you know, someone who mentored him, I think is is really cool. It's a, it's a great look into who Kanan is. Definitely. Uh, anything you disliked? Or anything else you liked? <laughs> Um, I really, when I watched it and it showed the skeletons of the Jedi waiting for their Padawans to come back, I was like, shoot, Whew, we still on Disney XD over here? Like, y'all could have left. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> no I don't one know if like, I liked down down like that. No, like you, at, at some point, if you're starving to death, you recognize, oh, that kid probably died. Shoot. I wonder if a lot of them did, and those were just the two that were so ashamed that they just, nope, guess I'll die. I almost wonder if they're not real. I was wondering that, too. Like, is that just Ezra's fear projecting them or Kanan's fear projecting them? Kanan seems pretty chill about it, yeah. So, like, I kind of wonder if if they're just uh, illusory. Yeah, because Kanan at this point in his life would not be that chill about that. Yeah, I also don't think that's his fear. Like, I don't think Kanan's going to be like, I will sit here till I die. But Ezra mm-hmm. could be like, oh my god, what if what if Kanan has to stay there and I don't come back? You know, I could see Ezra yes. being, like, kind of freaked out. And, like, it's just a manifestation of that fear. Yeah, absolutely. I think my only complaint, and this is along the lines of um, the the skeletons and illusions... The illusions with the Grand Inquisitor are all amazing. And I remember watching it and not totally being sure yeah. if it was real or not. 
I mean, once Kanan starts dying, it's like, alright, I'm pretty sure, like, this is fake. But, um, when Ezra flips to, like, being on the ghost, I didn't quite, like, buy that. Like, I yeah, that one. But I think it's... I think at that point he's starting to realize that it's fake. Yeah, but like I feel like they could have done it in such a way that like there was still a question for the viewer. True. And seeing um like for the most part these adults like cattily talking about Ezra and yeah. stuff. It, it's just like it's not quite there. Um, the bit about Zeb being like, oh, you're just using him because he has power? That I really liked. That I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's pretty dark. Yeah. I Like, that I thought was cool. But, like, this whole idea of, like, it reminded me of, um, in the Chronicles of Narnia, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, Lucy Penvisi (laughs) gets a magical item that lets her spy on her friends. That's and she right. see, she sees a like a friend like talking shit about her and is like fuck that girl. And then Aslan <laughs> Aslan like explains why her friend like said what she said and it, it's like a whole bit. But it just reminded me of that um where it, it it just felt like a little I don't know. It just didn't quite feel right to me. And I guess it's not supposed to. It's a vision. But um the the dark shit Zeb was saying I was there for the kind of like catty lines from Sabine about like oh he's just a kid who likes me. it was like come on yeah I mean that is probably a fear that Ezra has but like come on is right I don't know I I like I get that there's it's, it's like twenty three minutes and you gotta like show the thing and like move on it just yeah. felt it just felt kind of weirdly like middle school to me of like. Sabine's there talking, and, like, Hera and Zebra there, like, I know, girl, right? And, like, snapping. Yeah, that was like, a little... It just felt, like, a little much to me. I mean, they are... Ezra and Sabine are 15 and 16 at this point, so that's in character for them, but... Yeah, compared to the other illusion and stuff, it, it just felt very, uh... Yeah, I could see that. Like, I, I think there is a stronger way of showing Ezra's fear of abandonment there than, like, those particular lines from Sabine. I thought the Zeb ones were good with Hera, but, um, the, like, seeing your friend talk about you behind your back, it just reminded yeah. me of Narnia so much. That was very Narnia. I mean, I feel like Filoni is probably a Narnia fan, and I almost wonder if it was intentional. Oh, I mean, there's definitely, there's there's definitely some strong Narnia vibes throughout Star Wars, for sure. There's some strong oh, yeah. Rings vibes throughout Star Wars. Very strong uh, Lord of the Rings vibes. Uh, especially, like, Clone Wars and Rebels, like, George Lucas was constantly borrowing from the best, and uh, Filoni has continued that tradition, I think. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Anything else didn't work? I mean, overall, like I said, I think this is my favorite episode in season one. Yeah, this is a good one. I don't really have anything. The Absolutely phenomenal. If you haven't watched it, why are you listening to us? Um, but... I'm glad we could spoil it all for you and tell you how good it is. Music yeah. is great. I don't think we have to talk about that, but music is great. I, the difference between Rebels and Clone Wars is that Lucas wanted Clone Wars to develop its own sound and almost never use Star Wars themes, whereas I think that was a mistake, and Rebels uses the Star Wars themes appropriately without overdoing it, and they still mean something when they play. 
Well, I'll say this. Uh, the weird, like, techno shit Lucas was trying to do in the first yeah. two seasons of Clone Wars is yes. terrible. It exactly. Is, it is so bad. But the later Clone Wars music, uh, I like that it develops its own themes. Um, it would have been nice to have heard some more Williams. But yeah, uh, Ahsoka's I, I theme have, is a classic. I have a bunch of the Clone Wars songs on uh, on my iPod, and uh, same. I like I like revisiting them. I think they're quite good. Yeah, absolutely. I actually just added the Clone Wars main title to my like distance running playlist the other day for like 10k workouts and stuff. I like the main oh. title of Clone Wars, and I like the character themes like Ahsoka. And there's like a theme for the clones that's kind of good, like kind of that's the, really good. The Maul Savage Palpatine fight is probably like my favorite. Song oh, that's Clone a good Wars. one. It's, it's yeah. so heavy. It's real badass. Yeah. Um. So again, as this airs, the Bad Batch will be happening. Um. Yeah. Any last thoughts of anything you want from new season of Clone Wars? Um, I want Ahsoka to have a relationship with a girl on screen. We'll see if we get that in a few weeks. Um, I'm, I'm like oddly optimistic because they replaced the Nyx character with that girl. If we get gay Ahsoka, I will, uh, I will not forgive episode nine, but, uh, it will definitely sting less. Yeah. My one hope. Is yeah. I would like to see it go just past Revenge of the Sith. So what I mean by that is I would like to see a full Order sixty six sequence again, um, from the clones' point of view. Mm-hmm. Specifically, like I want to see Rex uh, and Wolf and Cody uh, deal with it. Um, Fives is gone, but Echo. And, yeah. Um, like I would like to see like these clones that we've come to love like deal with the fallout of that and the decisions that they're uh forced to to make. Um and this might be too dark, but I would like to like I was always bummed that we didn't see Anakin really destroy the Jedi. Like we see him walk up to the door. Yeah, you know, I we never have a moment that. where he turns on the lightsaber. Um and like I played the game, the Revenge of yeah. the game, which was a great game. And like you cut through the Jedi Temple, like you that, that level was amazing. I played that you, over and over. You murder the fuck out of every single Jedi in that temple, and like you got like clones helping you, and it's great. Um, it's really sad, but uh, it would be cool to see a little bit more. Like I don't need like a violent murder gore fest in my Star Wars cartoon, but um. If we see Order 66 again from the clone's perspective, uh, I'd like to see, uh, you know, maybe a brief moment of Darth Vader Anakin. Because um, I feel like we really only saw that with the Separatist Council in Revenge of the Sith when he murders all of their. Yeah, uh, I don't understand leaders. why we never saw that. Like, that was kind of what we were building to. That was the point of these three movies. <laughs> also, like, I know he's got the Sith eyes when he murders the Separatist Council, but, like, they're fucking warmongers and war profiteers. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have any sympathy for them. They're uh, lizard Dick Cheney's. Like, I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't feel bad. Uh, so it would be it would be cool if this final season of Clone Wars just a snippet, just like a little a little taste of Darth Vader as you know in Anakin. 
uh, would be dope. But super excited for Ahsoka's story to get, um, you know, the final chapter on this part of her life yes. that we haven't gotten yet. Uh, it's clearly not the end of Ahsoka. We get nope. a ton of her in Rebels, and um, there's rumors that more is coming, which uh, yeah, I Yeah, those, those are gathering theme. Um, but yeah, it's it's so great that like it's the year of our Lord 2020, and we have new Clone Wars coming out. That's, I know it's wild, and I love it. Amazing. All right, so let's wrap it there. Uh, yeah, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Force Friends Rewatch Pod or something. Um, we have a Kofi if you want to cost us some Republic credits. Uh, Force Friends Rewatch at Kofi.com. Uh, we have a Gmail, uh, Force Friends Rewatch at Gmail.com. Um, yes, you know, stay in touch. We're on uh, the Lunar Light Discord. Uh, people post memes there and um, <laughs> scream about Star Wars, which I mean is great. So feel free to. That's what it's all about. Feel free to post memes there to scream about Star Wars. Uh yeah, that's about all I got. Um Ryan, any any anything you want to plug? You wanna you wanna plug Lazy Day? You got some great shirts coming yeah. out. Yeah. Alright. Um yeah, so I do this thing called Lazy Day Galaxy, and it's like my T public uh Red Bubble store where I just throw up cool nerdy Star Wars shirts, you know? Uh I just did one that's in the style of the logo of the Phantom Menace, but instead of saying Star Wars Episode One The Phantom Menace, it says Stop hating on the prequels. They're really not that bad. <laughs> it's a good and one. Thank you. I got, I got my workout shirt from you. I started going to the yeah, gym. That's right. You have one of the This Is The Way shirts, right? Yeah. Yeah, we've trying, got a bunch of different shirts that say This Is The Way. Trying to get Mando fit, baby. It looks really good on you, too. Thank that, you. That suits you. I am, I am happy you got that. Um, this weekend I ran a race in my Luke costume and between my girlfriend and two friends of mine that showed up, it just so happened that there were three people wearing three different, this is the way shirts from lazy day galaxy. And I was like, Oh man. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So check out LazyDayGalaxy.com If you need any cool nerdy shirts or phone cases or stickers or whatever, we even have a couple phone cases that are designed to look like in-universe data pads or comlinks. Like if you're going to Galaxy's Edge or whatever, check those out. Yeah. Thank you for saying I should plug that. I, I, yeah. don't know why I haven't done that sooner. Yeah. Uh, what's our sign off? We need we need we need a sign off. We need an we need official to come up with a definite. We do. Um. I don't know. Get out there and find your kyber crystal, whether it's something you love to do or someone you love to be with. Go find the kyber crystal for your life. Whether it's butt stuff. Yeah, it might be. Honestly, it that, might be butt, butt stuff, stuff is your kyber crystal. Uh, you know what? We're all the about crystal it. chooses you. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, man. That's a, that's a bad sign off. It should not the be the sign, sign off. off. No, that's not the sign off. Okay, uh, tell the boy about his parents. I think that's tell our sign-off. Tell the boy about his parents! Tell the little boy about his parents! Come on. That's uh, the sign-off right there. The I'm gonna stop it. I love it. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. <laughs>